and welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Jason. It's a joy to have you with us today in worship. It is a great day to worship. We're going to continue in our sermon series, Myths of Forgiveness. This is week three, so we're so glad you're here. If you're worshiping with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're so glad you're here. If you fill out the connection card, we'd love to send you a a gift card to Starbucks to say thanks for being with us today. If you've been worshiping with us for a long time, we've got a website, sumc.co slash next. There you'll find a number of ways where you can continue to grow in your faith. There are questions around the sermon. There's a a number of study helps that, that you'll find there. Also, there's some ways you can connect with some groups. So if you've been with us for a long time, you want to grow deeper in your faith, go to sumc.co slash next. Now, Stephanie's here, and she's going to share with us some ways where we can connect and grow in the ministry that God is doing through Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Stephanie. We are so glad you're here today. Every week, more and more people are joining us, both here in person and online. You might have noticed if you're here in person that we aren't checking people in at the door anymore, but that doesn't mean we don't wanna know you're here. A quick way to tell us that you're here is by downloading the Church Center app, whether you're here in person or online. In the Church Center app, you can find Schweitzer Church and you can check yourself in and your family. There's even a spot in the Church Center app that you can scan and print out name tags right here on site. Another great thing you can do in the Church Center app is give online and find out where groups and classes are meeting and even sign up. If you prefer, you can go to our sumc.co slash next site and just fill out a simple sign-in form as well. A quick way to access that site is by scanning the QR code on the pew in front of you with your phone's camera. It'll take you right there and you can find out everything you need. Next week, we'll be celebrating graduates here at Schweitzer. If you have a graduating high school or college senior, let us know so we can celebrate with you. Email photos and graduate details to youth at schweitzerumc.org. Memorial Day weekend is just two weeks away, and on that Sunday, we're going to have Family Worship Sunday, meaning that all ages will stay together for both of our worship services. We look forward to seeing all generations gathering together for worship and encouragement on that day. Once again, thank you for joining us. Let's continue with worship. Thanks, Stephanie, for all those ways we can connect. If you're worshiping with us live, we encourage you to say hello in the chat window. You can greet your friends and neighbors who are there. Now, let's enter into worship. Fire 
As we come to a time of prayer, I'd like to use a prayer today that comes from the, the field guide on Romans that we used at Schweitzer several years ago. It's a prayer that comes from within the framework of the text that Spencer's going to be preaching from today. And so this, this prayer speaks into some of the themes that are present within the text, but also some of the broader themes that Paul was speaking to in Romans 12 through 15. Kind Father, you have called us into a grace-filled life. We struggle to know what look, feel, and shape this should take. By your mercy and grace, you've sent the Holy Spirit, and you've sent guides like Paul, Phoebe, Priscilla, Aquila, and all the people that walk alongside us each and every day, who experience and share the transforming gospel of Jesus with us. Help us to be people who hear and follow you with our bodies and in your church and in your world. Share with us your holy ambitions. Deliver us from being people of mild obedience. And help us to see that the ordinariness of Monday carries the fullness of your grace, beauty, and love. And all days do. And help us to walk fully with you. And now I invite you to join me in saying the prayer Jesus taught us and continues to teach us in as we together with one voice say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, thank you for your faithful and continued giving through tithes and your offerings to Schweitzer and, and to the ministry of Jesus in this, in this place. Recently, our creative team, which consists of about three, three people, pulled together a team and they entered a community competition called the SATA 48 Film Challenge, where in 48 hours they made a film, had a great time of team building and engaging with the broader community of Springfield. We are so thankful for this opportunity, and we're so thankful for this, how this opportunity not only builds a team inside of the church, but it contributes to the goodness of our community. If you'd like to watch it, you can go watch it. You could vote for it. But we're really thankful for your giving and your generosity that helps make ministries of building people and sharing God's good gifts with our broader community that make that happen each and every day. So thank you for going to sumc.co slash give or by using the Schweitzer app. God bless you.
Well, welcome, friends. My name is Spencer, and I, I'm so excited to be with you today. Today is part three of our series called Myths of Forgiveness. We are spending the month of May talking about exactly that. We're talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness, of course, is not one of those things that if you ignore it, it just like happens. No, no, no. Forgiveness is one of those things you have to tend to and cultivate because you don't stumble into being a person of forgiveness. You don't like accidentally forgive the people who've hurt you. No, no, no. You, you have to pay attention to this and cultivate this and tend to it. And so we're spending the month of May talking about forgiveness. And, and we're framing this by looking at some myths of forgiveness, some misunderstandings that we have of forgiveness, because a lot of us will stay stuck in unforgiveness, resentment, anger, bitterness, because we, we think forgiveness is one thing when really it's, it's something else. This is our third week of this. So far in the series, we've talked about how forgiveness is not just a feeling. It's not just this, uh, this 
the switch that we flip in our life and all of a sudden we feel differently about, about the person or whatever it is that happened to us. No, no, no. Forgiveness is something that, that is a process where we're continuing to choose to put down the old hurts and the old baggage and continuing to walk forward with forgiveness in a process of our whole life. Uh, last week we talked about how forgiveness is not the same thing as condoning. For me to forgive somebody isn't to say that what they did was right, but rather when I forgive somebody, what I'm offering to them is simply what God has offered to me. That when I was wrong, when I was a sinner, the Lord forgave me. And this is what I'm offering to other people is the same um, act of, of grace into other people's life. And so today we're going to look at the myth that forgiveness means reconciliation, which sometimes it does. Sometimes when we forgive people, the relationship is healed. There is forgiveness and healing and there's wholeness and it goes back to the way that it was. But honestly, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we forgive somebody and the relationship stays broken. And so what do we do then? How does forgiveness work in our life at, at, at that point? So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk through a, a, a teaching on forgiveness from Romans chapter 12. Um, as we go through this, we're going to talk about our personal responsibility that we have for forgiveness on other people's. But what is our personal responsibility of forgiveness? And along the way, we're going to talk about revenge. Um, I'm going to share with you a, a story about the last time I was like almost, almost in a fist fight. And then we're going to wrap up and I've got some, some advice I want to offer to you that I, I tell my kids almost every single day. And so here we go. Romans chapter 12, verse 9, teaching on forgiveness. Here's what Paul writes in Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Love must be authentic. Love must be genuine. Love must be true. Love must be sincere. It's such a great line. Love must be sincere. And everything we're about to read, another, another 11 verses here, is all about what does it mean for love to be sincere. What does this look like for love to be sincere? Well, he goes on, he says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And now we have this line about practicing hospitality, sharing with people. This is what it means to, uh, to, for love to be sincere. And now we're going to take this one step further and uh, think about this even deeper because here's the next verse. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I'm going to read that to you one more time. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Bless those who oppose you. Bless those who hurt you. Bless those who oppress you. Bless those who malign you. Bless those who say all kinds of evil about you. Bless those who work against you. Bless your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. And as you, as you think about this, um, it's one thing to say love is sincere when we're practicing hospitality and we're sharing with the Lord's people and we're, we're loving the people who also love us. But it's another thing entirely when we are loving the people who persecute you and who are against us. And, and this is also what it means for love to be sincere. And, and as we're reading through Romans here, we have to realize that, that this meant something specific for the folks who would have received this. This is a letter that is written to the Christians who live in Rome. And Rome was one of the places that was experienced a ton of persecution for the very first Christians. I mean, think about this. Paul, who wrote these words was killed in Rome, martyred in Rome. There were many Christians who were persecuted in Rome. Some were crucified. Some had to fight in the Colosseum uh, because they, they, as people bet on them and, and how long they would live. Other Christians would be, uh, during Nero's time, uh, lit alive uh, by fire to light Nero's gardens at nighttime. Like this is a 
a very real thing for these Christians that persecution was right in front of them. This is not like a theoretical kind of idea, bless those who persecute you. This is not a thought experiment. This is a way of life for those first Christians that you bless those who persecute you, you bless and you do not curse. And of course, when I read that line, I can't help but think about our culture. And it's not to say that we have that kind of persecution in America, but what, 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 I, what I can't help but think about though is our hyper-partisan, hyper-polarization that we have in our culture where friends and family who, who think differently about political things all of a sudden become enemies. And it doesn't matter if you're on the right or on the left, so you just become enemies and you say all kinds of evil against one another. And I can't help but think, what if Christians, again, Christians who are both on the right and the left, what if Christians would decide to bless those who oppose us? Bless those who don't like us. Bless those we disagree with. And instead of speaking words of cursing over people, we spoke words of blessing over people. Like what would our witness be like in the world if this was the tact that we took, that we did not live in the same uh, way that the world lives, but rather we would bless those who persecute us. We keep reading here, verse, uh, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will reap or heap burning coals on his head. Let me re-say that. Um, if someone has treated you poorly, when you treat them well, it causes a shame on them, almost like putting hot coals on their head. Verse 21 then wraps this up. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, as I introduced this, I said that we're gonna read a teaching on forgiveness. And if you were paying attention to this, you would have noticed that we did not read the word forgiveness one time in this. Instead, we read some ideas around forgiveness. Specifically, we read a lot about revenge. Verses like verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. And verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. And verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends. And verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's this big idea of Romans chapter 12, do not be ruled by revenge. And when, I don't know what you hear when you hear that word revenge, but when I think of this word revenge, what I hear is this like, it's a big word. It's about violent things. It's, a, it's about big things, large things that happen. We're trying to get even with one another. Revenge is like a big thing. And so it's hard for me sometimes to hear this word revenge and to think that this is something I need to listen to and something in my life that I need to deal with. But the reality is I do practice revenge and so do you. Because revenge is not just big things that we do in our life. Revenge is also small things. Revenge comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. And oftentimes revenge is not the big violent things. It's the small subtle things. A few Saturdays ago, I, I woke up early, which I normally do. Went to the donut shop to get donuts for the family because everyone's still in bed, dad of the year kind of thing. And as I was there, the little donut shop near our house um, practices social distancing. It's a little small little shop. And so there's only like three or four people who are allowed in at one time. And, and so you have to like look through the glass to see how many are in. And, and then you line up. And there was like a line of like 10 people out, out the sidewalk waiting to get in. We all had our masks on, six feet apart kind of thing, waiting to get in. And there's this woman who comes um, and just walks right past all 10 people, like on the sidewalk, just walks right past us. I'm thinking to herself, myself, like, 
Has she never seen social distancing? Is this like a new concept to her? We're all here in our masks on a Saturday. Do you think we're just out here having fun? I don't know what she thinks is, is going on here, but, but she walks right past us all and just reaches for the door handle. And I'm like three people back. And I just, I just kind of clear my throat and I go, excuse me, and just glare at her. Now, I wouldn't normally use the word revenge to describe that little instance with her. And I'm kind of ashamed of this, but that's really what that was. Like, I felt like she was being rude and that she walked right past all of these people in order to just get to the line first. Like, she didn't notice what social distancing was. Like, how do you not know what this is at this point in, in, in the pandemic? Like, how do you not know what's going on here? And, and so when I felt like she was being rude, I decided I was going to be rude back to her. And sort of handling that in a, like a better way, I decided to, to be sarcastic and, and to, to say that to her. And, and, and really, my hope was to embarrass her, to shame her in front of all these other people who were in line. Again, not normally would I use the word revenge, but that's exactly what it is. Because revenge doesn't have to be big, violent things. Sometimes it's subtle. It's just really any of the ways that we seek to repay evil for evil, hurt for hurt, offense for offense. One of the ways to think about revenge is that it's like a cycle. It's, it's where like, you do this, and so I do that. You do that, and I do this. You do this, and so I do that. And it's just a cycle that keeps going where there's an offense, there's hurt, there's a problem, and we just keep it going around and around and around and around. The great Bible scholar Tom Wright, he describes it like this. I think this is such a great line. He says, revenge keeps the evil in circulation. Revenge keeps us shackled to whatever it is that's happened. It keeps us in bondage to the hurt, the offense, the evil that has happened to us because we're just trying to keep it going. And, and, and what Romans 12 is, is giving us is this blunt teaching that for the Christian, there is no room for revenge in our life. Like we can't live like this. And why can't we? Well, because when we were God's enemies, he chose to offer us forgiveness. He gave his own son that we could have life. And so how in the world, when we've experienced his grace and mercy, how in the world can we keep the circulation of evil going when this is what God has done for us? And so for the Christian life, like you, you can't be a person of the gospel and also a person of revenge. Like the math just doesn't work. You can't do that. I mean, a lifestyle of revenge is incompatible with a lifestyle centered on the gospel. You can't live like that. Which again, of course, reminds me of what Jesus says in uh, Matthew chapter five, probably the, the hardest thing that Jesus says in the Bible. Jesus says this, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, which of course is how the world works. Love those people who love you and the people who hate you, well, you know, do whatever. Verse 44, but Jesus says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Another way to translate that word perfect is as complete or mature. Because when you are complete or mature in your love, one of the things that you're doing is you're loving your enemies. You're, you're loving the people who don't just benefit you anymore because it's complete, it's mature, it's perfect love because, because you're, not, you're no longer living just for yourself. To quote Romans 12, 
Love must be sincere. It's the same idea. This is sincere love. This is grown-up love, mature love, complete love. It's not just that I'm going to love the people who love me back. It's not just that I'm going to treat the people right who treat me right. It's that I'm also going to treat the people right who do me wrong. I'm going to love the people who do me wrong. This is mature love, sincere love, that we might live into that. And how do you do that? How do you love people who have done you wrong? Well, one way is to offer forgiveness. But let's be honest, sometimes you can offer forgiveness to somebody and they don't care. They want to keep the the revenge cycle going. They want to keep the pain going. They want to keep the evil going. They want to keep at this. Even though you offer forgiveness, they want to keep at this. And so somebody has to be able to put a stop to the revenge cycle. And this is what forgiveness does. It, it it, It puts a stop to the cycle of revenge, which reminds me of the Last time, I was like almost in a fist fight. So a while back, I was driving through this parking lot and I was not paying attention. Full disclosure, I was not paying attention. And as I was driving through this parking lot, there was this man who was walking through the parking lot, did not see him. Again, I was not paying attention. And he just like suddenly appeared between uh, in front of my car. Like I think he came between two cars. He's carrying some bags. He comes there. And all of a sudden, he's just like in front of me. So I slam on the brakes and I stop within just like, inches of hitting him. And he sees this happening. He's just watching the car come at him. And as he sees this happening, like he goes berserk, drops the bags, takes his hands, throws them down on the hood of my car and starts saying all kinds of things to me that I I won't say to you right now. But if you want to know, you can call me later and I'll tell you all kinds of things he starts saying to me. And he just goes from like zero to 60 all of a sudden. And all of a sudden it's way up here. And so I'm driving. I'm like, well, let's roll the windows up. Let's uh, lock the doors because today is not a day to get in a fight in this parking lot with a stranger. But he comes around to the driver's side now and he's starting to yell all kinds of things about getting out of the car to come face him like a man. And, and I'm like, there's no way <laughs> that I'm about to get out of this car to face you. There's, there's no, no way that that's going to happen to me whatsoever. And so I've got the windows rolled up, of course. And so I say to him, I say, sir, which I call him sir the whole time. I try to like elevate the conversation a little bit. I say, sir, there's no way I'm getting out of this car. And so he calls me a chicken, which... Honestly, it's a bit of a paraphrase from what he actually said. Uh, but he, he, he starts to you call me out of this car, get me out of this car. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting out of this car. I say, I say, sir, listen, I'm really, really sorry. I didn't see you. I wasn't paying attention. I really, I, it was all my fault. And then I said, just, I just said, I hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> and he, he hears that and, and his, his face just drops. And all, all of a sudden he just goes, oh, um, uh, 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 oh. Okay. And he walks back in front of my car and he picks up the bags and, and, and he just walks off. <laughs> and I, I can't help but think about how close that situation was to getting out of hand. Like he throws his hands down on my car. It would have been real easy to do revenge there. Hurt for hurt, evil for evil. You're going to throw that, your hands down on my car. I'm going to, I'm going to honk on my horn. I'm going to yell things back at you. I'm, I'm going to be self-righteous. Who are you to talk to me like this? Like there's all kinds of ways that I could have quickly escalated that situation from here to here. In which case that story would have ended very differently. But I'm, but I'm thankful. Like what, what we did there is we, we put an, we put an end to this. Somebody had to choose to put a stop to the cycle of revenge. Someone had to choose to, to practice love in the moment when it would have been very, very easy to just to like escalate that just like a, a little bit, just a little bit. Which brings me back to Romans chapter 12. Because in Romans chapter 12, we have this teaching about revenge 
But in the midst of this teaching about revenge, we also have this word about owning what you personally can own. Owning what you personally can own. Romans 12, verse 18. So, so important. Here's what it says. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. One more time. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. There is so much wisdom in this line. I mean, you need to memorize this first. There's so much wisdom in this line. I want you to notice two things about this. First, I want you to notice the the qualifiers on this. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, like there's, there's an assumption here that it's not always going to be possible to live at peace. It's not always gonna happen. There are gonna be times where where you might want to live at peace, but someone else doesn't, and you can't control the other person, but you can control you. And so there, there'll be times, and this is kind of assumed, that what we are going to do is we're going to do our part in this. But it's not always, it's not always going to happen. And that's the second thing I want to, want to bring up here. The second point here to notice here is that, is that the responsibility for peace, it, it falls on us. The other person, they, they may not choose to live in peace, but, but we can choose to live in peace. We can take charge of, of, how, of how we respond in these situations. And so there's this myth about forgiveness that forgiveness means reconciliation. That when you forgive somebody, that the healing is gonna happen and people are gonna say they're sorry and, and the, the relationship is gonna be made well and whole and all of the hurt and offenses from whatever it was that's happened is gonna go away. But sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes the people who are hurt, they want to keep it going. And even if you offer forgiveness, they may want to keep up with the cycle of revenge. In which case the question becomes, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle that? When you offer forgiveness to somebody and it's not reciprocated, what are you going to do then? Are you, are you going to pick up the old baggage, the old hurts, the old offenses and live back in the past of what's happened? Or, are you going to own your responsibility in this? And as far as it depends on you, maybe not them, but as far as it depends on you, are you going to live at peace? You see, there's this thing I tell my kids, I, and I, honestly, it's like almost every day. This has almost become a mantra in our household. I tell my kids this all the time. And, and I tell them this because this, this line, because this line is, is true in almost, oh my goodness, so many circumstances of life. It, just, it is so true. And so if it's, it's one of those lines, and if I started it, I'm, my kids could, could finish it because I say it to them again almost every day. But I tell my kids this line. I, I say to them, hey, there's only one person in the world that you can control, and that's you. There's only one person in the world that you can control, and it's you. And this line is relevant so often. There's like, you know, my kids are, are small, they're elementary age, you know, they have an emotional outburst, they get angry at each other. I'm like, hold, hold on. There's only one person in this world you control, and it's, it's you. There's conflict maybe at school. There's someone they're not getting along with, and they're mad at them. They're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's only one person you can control in this world, and it's, it's you. And so my kids will push back at it because they hate this line. And whenever they, they know dad's going to go there, but they, they, they just absolutely hate it. And so they push back. and like, no, 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 no. They made me mad. And I'm like, really? They made you mad? That, that person, your sister, me, your mom, whoever, they, they made you mad. I didn't know that people had that much power to make you mad. I'm like, no, 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 no. You misunderstand the situation, girls. No one can make you respond like that because there's a person that you can control. The only person that you can control is, is you. 
And so I, I say this line to them all the time because I've seen so many adults not understand this basic principle about boundaries, that you are your own person and you are responsible for your for yourself. You're responsible for your own responses. You, you are responsible for how you respond to whatever situation that you have. And so Romans 12 verse, verse 18 is this principle. As far as it depends on you, I can't control anyone else. I can't make someone else be sorry. I can't make someone else have contrition. I can't make someone else want to have healing in this relationship, but I can control me. I can control how I respond to this. I can control what, what, what I do. And as far as it depends on, on me, I, I can live and I can choose to live in peace. I can choose to practice forgiveness even when the other person doesn't because I can't control them, but I can control me. I can control me. So as far as it depends on you, live at peace. As far as it depends on you, choose forgiveness. As, as far as it depends on you, choose to let go of those old hurts. As far as it depends on you, let go of the old baggage. As far as it depends on you, choose to stop the cycle of revenge. As far as it depends on you, live in peace. Because this is what the Lord has offered to you. This is what he's brought into your life. He's brought peace, he's brought forgiveness, he's brought grace and mercy. And as this is what he's done for you, now you have the ability, the choice to share this with others, even those who have hurt you. As far as it depends on you, live in peace. Let's pray together. And so Father, today we do thank you so much for the good news that you have brought into our life, that we are your sons and your daughters, that when we were enemies of you, you brought grace and mercy to us. And every day your mercy is new for us, that we can come and experience you. And there are so many of us, Lord, who, who struggle with forgiveness. So many of us who have, have hurts and offenses and, and people that we are in this cycle of revenge with. And I pray today a word of encouragement and strength into our lives that we could understand that we don't have to keep going down that road. We don't have to keep sh uh, being shackled to the past and whatever it is that's happened to us because we can choose to live in forgiveness. We can choose to live in love, love that is sincere, love that is true for the people who have hurt us as well as people who have been good to us. Everyone, we can choose to live in this kind of way because this is what we've experienced from you. I pray for anyone today who's, who's with us who doesn't know your love for themselves. They've never experienced this, that they're living far from you. Maybe today be a day where just simply with a prayer, simple prayer of, Lord, would you forgive me my sin and lead my life, that they might find the extravagance of your love, the grace and the mercy that you share with us every day, the simple prayer of salvation. And so Lord, we, we, we just thank you. We thank you that you are in our life. And would you give us the courage, the strength, the empowerment, that as far as it depends on us, that we can live in your ways, that we can live in peace, that we can live in, live in forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We want to say a big thank you to all of our creative team and our worship team that helped produce this, make this available to us. We also want to say thanks to Spencer 
for sharing that message on forgiveness. If you know somebody that would be helped by hearing this message, we encourage you to right now share it with them or share it on social media. Uh, take this opportunity to, to, as the Lord has spoken to you, to let God speak to some other people in your life. We're so glad you're here. I'm Pastor Jason. It's been real and it's been fun. It's been real fun to be with you today. God bless you. We'll see you real soon. Amen. Amen.